Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a palace right here. The late night flight is paid for by the following. Time to play the game where we find out who's capping. It is... This is... This is the game where we find out if this is the bullshit. I have co-producer Smarts with me. Smarts, what's up? What's up, bro? How's everything? Hey, yo, I'm good. Listen, you want to do that that game uh, bar you want to do all the time? That one bar? Yeah, that one bar. All right. Real fast. Go. Real fast. Right, so you got to follow me. So when I say, hey, yo, you got to, you got to, hey, yo, all right? I got you. I hear we... <clears throat> I said, hey, yo. Yo. Be snitching. They drop more names on the record. The game name drop names on the record. Bars. Oh. <laughs> Love it. Bars. Let's go. According to NBC News, organizers of New York City's Gay Pride Parade say they were banning police and other law enforcement from marching in their huge annual parade until at least 2025 and will also seek to keep on-duty officers a block away. A block away, Smarts, from the celebration of the LGBTQ people in history. Smarts, I ask you, is it the bullshit that my gay brother can keep law enforcement a block away and I can't get these motherfuckers out of my house? Bro, that is bull. Wait a minute. So you think they're going to do that for the African-American Day Parade? You think, <laughs> think they're going to do that for the Puerto Rican Parade? Man, they're going to be one inch closer. Oh, what about that West Indian Parade where, where the cops is dancing on the women going down the parkway? How yeah. about that? <laughs> That's some bull. NYPD got, they got hotel rooms lined up like it's spring break. Wow. <laughs> Ready. Wow. All right. Here you go. Next one. CEO of Grand Hustle and CEO of Grand Hustle Ecstasy, T.I., and his mulatto member of Escape, Tamika, Tiny Harris, has faced a series of sexual abuse allegations over the last several months. Now, T.I. think he's in an action film firing back shots, Smarts. He got this new song. I'm about to, I'm about to give you a snippet of what he posted on May 20th. It, it was called, This Is What It Come To. So let me, let me, let me, uh, let me get the bars ready for you. Because he's talking about the woman who's making these uh, allegations and whatever. All right? Go put your face and reputation on it. These kind of claims deserve more than anonymous proactive conversation, don't it? Yeah, that's what he said, though. Bars. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Smarts, is it the bull that he doesn't talk that way to Mayweather? Wow. Bull thing. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Always divert back to Mayweather. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, and finally, and finally, podcaster, comedian, and Dave Chappelle's best friend, Joe Rogan, said that straight white men are being silenced by woke culture. Smarts, I ask you. I ask you, Smarts. Smarts, I ask you. I ask you, Smarts. What? Is it the bullshit that straight Gay, young, and old black men are being silenced by American culture. You ain't got to answer that. <laughs> I do it. Joe Rogan, come on, man. You know that's the bull. Thank you. You. Bye-bye. Come on, Joe Rogan. Stop it. <laughs> Cut it. Cut it. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody on they Martin, everybody marching for a young nigga like me to get tsunami on it. I'ma get it, I'ma win a baby. I'll be on my curry till I crash a bird in 40 on the Yeah, I'm acting nerdy if it's at the appellation to the appellation. I'ma do whatever that it takes to make a black nation. Hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sweet, and I'm your chief flight attendant. On behalf of the pilot and the entire crew, welcome aboard the late night flight. And here is your captain, the now river of New Jersey, the pilot of Tuskegee training. The greatest honey badger who has ever lived. The creator of Black Pilot Radio and the Late Night Flight. Here is the victorious one, Nassour Nuvum. What up, my passengers? We are first in priority and will be departing in seven minutes. But before we do, do us a solid. Give us a like on our Facebook page. Follow us on IG. Chirp at us. Why not? On Twitter, at The Late Night Flight. Catch all 47 episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, The Late Night QR, scanned wherever podcasts are available. But let me 
get into my piece. Tasha, podcasting is a lot of things. It's fairly new. It's very free. It's radio on demand. But because it's new and free, makes it also a whorish place. It really is this salacious free-for-all of a market where even a C-list celebrity whose biggest hit went number 38 on the Billboard Hot 100 when he pumped, pumped, pumped it up in 2003 can turn your podcast into a monopoly or even a cash app. Until Cash App refunds you for dry humping women on their podcast. Allegedly. Allegedly. Video doesn't look good though, Joe. But to be honest, Joe Button isn't your average C-list hip-hop celebrity. Nope. No, he's not. He's the former co-host of Complex's morning show entitled Everyday Struggle. He's the co-creator of Revolt's State of the Culture. He was the first hip-hop artist on Love & Hip Hop. His storyline with Tahiri is still iconic to this day in Black America. But my point is, when you change the name of your podcast from the I'll name it the Joe Button podcast later podcast to the Joe Button podcast, it doesn't matter if the chemistry exists amongst three men. It really only matters about the existence of one. Yep, that's true. It's true. If one person has more access to the books and the other two has only Excel spreadsheets, uh, then you know whose existence matters. Okay? If Multi-million dollar industries like Spotify or Cash App or Patreon only wants to discuss contracts with Joe and Joe's lawyer, then you know whose existence matters. And just to show love to Rory and Maul, just to show love to you two, because at the end of the day, as friends, y'all are all right. And as friends, y'all are all wrong. At the end of the day, y'all got to split a pie up. So y'all good. Me and Tasha, we broke doing this. You know what I'm saying? We got the fastest rising podcast and podcast infotainment, and we trying to get on your network. Am I right about that, Tasha? Definitely right about that one. I'm just saying. So hear me out. I agree with you, Rory. Joe can be a tyrannical egomaniac who's never seen the light of the day when it comes to his music career. You can say that. Sure. No problem. No problem. You can say that Joe thinks he can do this show with anybody. Fine. You can say that, too. You could say that he don't even want to be profit partners with the two of you. He's letting the success get to his head. Sure. You know, he's not the first. What about Diddy? What about Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan was so big, he made sure Isaiah Thomas, a two-time champion, couldn't even play on the dream team. What about Beyonce? I was going to talk about Kobe Bryant, but rest in peace to him. You know what I'm saying? What about Beyonce? Beyonce changed the game three times with Destiny's Child and still became a star. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? But you know she's not going to dish you on the internet. Her mama taught her better than that. Feel me? But before I throw this to Tasha, I just want to say that I watched that Rory and Maul tell-all. I saw that. I saw that, Tasha. And yo, check me out. Y'all both are right. Y'all right again. Neither one of you are great radio personalities. I appreciate the honesty. Because which I didn't tell people is what y'all really are on the show. See, what y'all two are, <laughs> are walls. Yeah, they're walls, Tasha. Like, let me explain this. Like, Joe is basically bouncing takes off of the two of y'all, and y'all do what YouTubers do every day. Like, comment, share, subscribe. <laughs> Tasha, what you got for me? I mean, for me, this is typical Joe Button. I, I'm not surprised and I don't know why people are surprised that this happened. Joe has always been messy Joe. Joe was messy on Love and Hip Hop with the relationships and everything. And even with um, Academic on the show, Everyday Struggle, he got rid of Academic or Ab Academic left one of them, but he was messy on there too. So I'm not surprised and I don't understand why people are shocked that this happened. It's typical Joe. And I know the podcast was originally their podcast, but just like every Michael Jackson, Eddie Kane and David Ruffin, People want to hear the star and they don't want to hear the background singers. I'm sorry. You don't want to hear the background singers. You want to hear the star. And because of how Joe is, his personality has made him a star. And I don't even know the other two guys' war names. So I'm not even going to try because I'm not going to mess it up. You know what I'm, I'm thinking not. about those two, I'm though, not. real fast? You funny yourself. <laughs> what I'm, I'm thinking not. about those two is that 
what they what they what they have witnessed though, I, I will say this in their defense, what they have witnessed in probably in their bi-weekly shows. I mean, is it bi is bi-weekly? It's bi-weekly. They do it twice a week. So their bi-weekly shows, what they probably see is a disgruntled rapper. Like we're talking about the mad rapper, like 2013 version though. So but they should have did a back. They should have did a background check. They should have watched Love and Hip Hop. They should have watched the other shows. They, they grew they up with this dude, though. They Google. you funny. They know no. They know Joe. Like yo, for instance, did you know that Rory it was an intern at Def Jam as a producer? He was working under Kanye West. Hold on. So that means he knew better. This is what I'm saying. This is <laughs> what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like so. So because my, my thing is this. Joe Button is mad at Migos because Migos got to take off. On, oh, you know yeah, I, mean? I remember Think that. Think about that. Like, Joe Button is disgruntled. When he did the interview with them, yes. I totally forgot about yes. that. Yes, like, he he works off of resentment. When he was on State of the Culture, he ripped Nicki Minaj. No one liked what he said about Nicki Minaj. This is how he comes. Don't get me wrong. I got, I got you know, I, I criticize while I have my takes, but, you know, no one really knows me like that. I just do grassroots project stuff and just have fun. Like, Joe Button is accredited artist and accredited personality, and he be kind of going off the top on some of these artists because he's a disgruntled, bitter artist. But that's what gets the likes and the clicks. Think about it. Who knows Joe Button's actual rap songs if you are not a part of the early 2000s. Can I was anybody about to say, name? Cause, cause I was about to say, come on, you know, you're from Jersey City, so I know a little I, bit. I mean, I know he's from Jersey, but I just knew, know the one, the one song. That's it. What's the one song you know? Uh, I don't know the one, the one, do your thing, baby, do your thing. I don't even know the name of it. <laughs> That's Pump It Up, yo. Oh, Pump, yeah. Pump It Up, see? <laughs> just and, and Jess Blaze was the producer. That's all I know. We'll just end it there. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned off the fasten seatbelt sign, and you may now move around the cabin. However, we always recommend to keep your seatbelt fastened through the trials and tribulations while you're seated. In a few moments, the flight attendants will be passing around the drink menu as well as the brunch menu. We only have chicken or waffles or both. So choose wisely. And thank you for flying the late night flight. Welcome back to the Late Night Flight. You are live. Natasha Nassua, you already know, one of television's greatest comedic writers. Paul Mooney is now dead at 79. Rest in peace to a goat. You already know. Now, before Tasha tells you some accomplishments during his timeline, I want to play a clip of what made Paul Mooney Paul Mooney. We're talking about the underground version of Richard Pryor himself. Here's a clip of his 1993 stand-up entitled Race. You know, they will let white folks make a movie about any goddamn thing. Look at Hollywood. Scissor hands. Give me a break. Somebody is on crack. Somebody's smoking a pipe at the studio. Somebody at the studio is smoking crack. Scissor hands. Throw mama from the train. Only white folks can throw their mama from a damn train. And it's a hit movie. Ain't that some crazy Throw mama from the goddamn. What's the other thing? White men can't jump. They don't have to. They own the team. Some white man is at bank right now. Ooh, my are jumping. Oh, jump. White daddy make you jump. Jump. Oh, jump. Single white female. They'll let white folks make a movie about any thing. But I knew they were crazy when they let them make Driving Miss Daisy. In the 90s, driving Miss Daisy. Miss Daisy. I will walk before I drive some guy, Miss Daisy. Some old Jewish woman, I'll take a bagel and beat the out of Miss Daisy. This is the 90s. I'll drive that to Alley and rob her. So, so uh, Paul Mooney was basically saying, moral of the story, don't be named Miss Daisy. So, Tasha, do you think he would get away with some of the things he just said in 2021? No, especially with uh, driving Miss Daisy, the Federation would have definitely got rid of him. He would have been canceled, blackballed and everything. No, he would not have gotten away with any of that. That is correct. That is correct. Uh, so let's get some of the accomplishments going on. I heard you got a few of his uh, writing accomplishments. Maybe America does not know. They need to know why he's one of the TV's greatest comedic writers. 
Yes, I definitely have a list. Um, Paul Mooney was definitely a great comedian, but as you said, he was also a great writer. He wrote on uh, several different shows. Maybe some people may know him, some people may not know it, but he wrote on uh, Sanford and Son, Good Times, The Richard Pryor Show. He wrote on In Living Color. He actually created uh, the character Homie the Clown. I thought that was very interesting. Yo, he could, you, could the, you see, not to stop you, I could definitely see Paul Mooney be like, hey, yo, Keenan, why don't you let your big head mother brother Damien play this character? <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Um, he also wrote on The Chappelle Show, Saturday Night Live, and The Real Husbands of Hollywood. That's the Kevin Hart joint, right? Yeah, the one with Kevin Hart. Uh, Nelly was on there. Who else was on there? I can't think of the other guys. It was a couple of guys on there. The <laughs> BET show. Yes. I think it was like Shamar No More and somebody else was on there. That uh, Boris Kojo. Or Kujo, Boris or, Kujo. Yeah. You said Shamar No <laughs> Thank you for flying the late night flight. It's time for me versus Google. Not you, the captain. Welcome back to The Late Night Flight. This is Natasha Renee, and we are live in the backyard somewhere in North New Jersey. We're about to do the Me versus Google, where the CEO of BBS Entertainment, Jers, a.k.a. Teddy Bear, will name his top five post-Wayne artists, and we shall see if the pilot's list is the same or even better. I just want to say this real fast. Hold on. I just want to say this, Natasha. Bro, we got to do it because your list the last two lists have been trash. Okay, I am I am tired of this. You dis you dis my Scarface list. That was terrible. Oh, you talking to me? Yes, you. I'm talking oh, to you, Jerz. Okay. All right. You oh, dis- this is Jerz who did the Kim yes. and the yes, yes, the, yes, the oh. Kim and the EPMD. This is this is him, Tasha. This is why I wanted you to moderate because this is him. This is him. This is I'm the guy. Upset. Yeah. Okay. There you. Thank you. All right. So you played me. So now it is your top five. Post Wayne era list best artist versus me. Continue, Natasha. I'm sorry. I had to let him know about that. All right. But first, what did y'all think about the J. Cole album? Um, what, what did you think about it before I before one of us get into it? What you thought about it? All right. The J. Cole album. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a vibe. It was something that I walked to this morning. It's something that I can, you know. Bump in my car. It's just smooth. It's chill. I like it. It's a couple of songs that I really did that stood out to me. Um, Applying Pressure. Uh, what else? Pie, I mean, sorry. Pride is the Devil. Word. Jersey heard that? No. Okay. Punching the Clock. And I would say my favorite one on there was 95 South. It gave me that whole Jay-Z, you don't know that. vibe on there. That's the one with Cam on there, right? Yeah, yeah. I heard that one. Cam Cosan, that was nice. That was nice. All right, what what did you guys think though? All right. How I feel about J. Cole's album. Here we go. If you like lyrics over some dope beats, and this is it's sort of trap because it's new, but it's a it has an old school feel because it's sampled out. You're gonna love this. Oh, you're gonna love this. J. Cole give it his all. He really give it a Simba rendition. However, on some American mainstream, the problem with it, it has no hit. There is no hit. There's no commercial hit. Like all the songs Natasha named, none of them are hits, but they some dope songs, though. Was that his point, though? No, I like that. Did he do that on purpose? I'm pretty sure based on the way he created the album, he did that on purpose. I think it's a good album. I think you should listen to it. So it's like a mixtape. It's like a dope mixtape. No, it's that dope album. Uh-huh. It's Illmatic-ish. Ish. I ain't say Illmatic. I said Illmatic-ish. Did you please don't don't quote me, boy, because I did not say it. Jers, go ahead. So Teddy Bear, not Jers. I'm sorry. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Before disclaimer, I have not heard the album. I have been nonstop listening to Khaled. And taking calls as as usual. I didn't take a call. I mean, but yo, bro. Okay, I'm just playing. Yeah, you know I mean, I'm the I'm the plug. What you want me to do? I mean, I'm just saying. But you could answer the call like a plug that you are. You know what I'm saying? I, nah, mean, I ain't like, gonna do that. Gonna, oh, I ain't gonna I, do I'm that. Just saying. I got enough respect for your show, Mike. I appreciate that. You know what I mean? But yeah, I ain't hear the album. <laughs> I only heard that one song with Cameron. 
Um, I've been listening to Khaled, but I feel bad now. So I, I'm telling you, once I leave this backyard, I'm going to go bump that. All right. So overall, Jerz, um, since you didn't listen to the album, just J. Cole in general, how do you feel? Like, what do you think the album would be? Knowing J. Cole as an artist. Knowing J. Cole as an artist and after yes. hearing a joint with Cameron, I yes. expect this album to be fire. All right, so now let's get into those top five post Wayne artists. Um, Jers, I'm sorry, Teddy Bear. Let's let's get your list first. Um, in no particular order. Hold no on. particular, and Hold I will on. judge. So, yes. All right, you know what you're going to get the judge. No, I'm sorry because yes, I'm, 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 I'm not feeling that. Why can't he do five, four, three, two, one? Okay, starting with five. Thank you. Hmm. And then I'll say my five. Nicki Minaj is number five. I'm sorry, you can repeat that because I talked over you. My apologies. Nicki Minaj. Okay. Number five. I really have to go in order. Okay. Um, Migos, number four. The entire group. They are, without a shadow of a doubt, they belong to be on that list. They set trends. They was hip-hop for about a good four years. Straight. Um... Cole, Kendrick, they can bounce back and forth between two and three. Can you, can you pick a number, please? I can't. Please have a number. Just like, just right, like, Kendrick what is... was it? Um, Kim and, El, which one did you put together? Hey, yo, hey, yo hold up. Hold I up. Listen, We're not going to do that. I listened not... to the episode. I'm just saying. <laughs> Lil PMD. If I, if I could go back in time, I would just say Lil Kim. Okay. That's what I would just say. But, all right, so three, I would say Kendrick. Two, I'm going to say Cole. One, of course, Drake. And regardless of what anyone may say, uh, guy over here to the left of me, I don't care how many R&B songs or Caribbean songs or sing-songy songs he does. The man is a walking hit. He's a breathing hit, literally. So are the others in the top five? Not like him. Okay. I know because they don't do sing-songy stuff. He's, he's on a, a whole nother that's not true. Cole did some sing-songy stuff. I mean, now. And on what on what I consider to be his best album ever. So. Which one is his best album? What's the name of the place he's from? Oh, you think that Forest Hill joint, you think that was dope? Yes. Oh, okay. I think that's his best album. Okay, no, that was, that was, that was a pretty good album. Yeah, that's the one with... Um, I think this one better. This one right here? Yeah, I think this oh, one Oh, I really got to listen to it then. I What's your top five, bro? Illmatic-ish. Oh, What's you ready your top for it? Yes, yeah, this or what are your top five? Because we are not about to... All right, what's your top five? And I'm attacking everything you say. All right, so number five, Rick Ross. Number four, J. Cole. Number three, Nicki Minaj. Number two, Kendrick Lamar. Number one. Say Drake. it. Say it. Drake. What? I didn't hear you. Say it again. Drake. A little loud. I re we really. You heard him, Natasha. I didn't hear him. What you say? Yeah, and this or I need. I need you to go through yours real quick because I'm supposed to be judging and I'm trying to look. And <laughs> sorry, you guys, but you said Drake Rick Ross. Rick Ross, number five. Okay, because you went real fast with your list. I'm sorry. Rick Ross, number five. Okay. Number four, J Cole. Mm. Number three, Nicki Minaj. Mm. Number two, Kendrick Lamar. Number one, Drake. Mm. You know what? I listen, man. Round of applause for that boy saying Drake. Round of applause for that. That guy is number one. <laughs> that boy bad. That boy bad. Hurt my feelings. What 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 Stephen A B saying about Aaron Rodgers? He's the greatest of all time. No, he don't he didn't he don't say that. Because he's not that? the greatest of all time. So oh. We're not gonna do that. Okay. We're not. Don't, don't. I'm just asking let's questions. Not, let's, not, let's not take it to sports, bro. You no. don't want you don't want to do that. Hey, hold on. I'm trying to put together a sports segment. What you want to do with it? You don't want to do that. Listen, my man. Who your team? I don't have like teams though. That's what uh, I'm who saying. Who your player? I just I don't have what like your favorite though? player right now. Basketball and basketball, LeBron. All right, say less. Yeah. <laughs> oh, back back to the top five, you guys. You got a top five, Natasha? I I do have a top five. Okay. Um, I want to hear your top do, five before you before you judge ours. Okay. So and please don't attack my top five. Please I don't. I can't make any promises. All right, so Jers, you know, you did mention Amigos and that was originally on my list, but then, you know, because they are influencers, but I just felt like as far as influence-wise and kids nowadays, I felt my my number five would be Travis Scott um, to me. 
versus the Migos if I had to compare. That's just me. Don't attack me. But that's just me. Number four would be Titty Boy, aka Two Chains. Number three would be Meek Mills. Number four, I'm sorry, wait, wait, wait. Number four is who? Two Chains. Uh, two Chains. Just she know said, she that said Titty Boy, and then, she, like then she jumped music. in the air a little bit. Go ahead. Number three. Number three, Meek Mills. Number two, Pusha T. And my number one would be Black Thought. I'm sorry. Your number one would be who? Who? Black Thought. From the Roots? From the Roots crew. 215, Philly all day. And who was your number two? My number two was Pusha T. That's not a bad number two, though. That's a bad number two. That's not That's a, a bad number two and a bad number one. Who was number three? Oh, man. Number three was Meek Mills. That's also a bad... He don't, he don't belong in anybody's top five. We not doing See, that. We not... You already know how I feel about that, Nick. We ain't doing I, that. I need to know why. All right. Because uh, for me... So, if you didn't realize... For me, it's a whole Philly thing. I, I grew up in Philly? the area that... Yeah, I stayed in Philly. So that's another reason why, like, they're in my list. Why I'm so big on the roots. But tell me about Meek Mill, please. If, since you say that, then I can understand Black Thought way more than I can understand Meek. Because of the last 10 years, I, I mean, had for about me, two Meek hits. Mills, but again, but Three? when his, but as you said, the whole club, right? We go back to the club before discussing. You go in the club, first song that comes on, Dreams and Nightmares, everybody up there ready. Exactly. Exactly. We come on, Meek Mill is, re is he's relevant. I'm not saying he's not relevant. Meek Mill is relevant. What I said was, he's definitely not top. He don't five. Thank you. He's definitely not top. <laughs> thank definitely you. Not I'm going to just, I'm going to just say good. But I'm just saying, saying for me, as far as like, it could be seven. You know, Radio, radio music, because I'm not a big rap, you know, fan. I do listen to rap music, but things is like bumping to get me moving. Like Meek Mills, I'm sorry. Sasha, you want to wrap this up for us? Sure, we'll wait, wrap wait, it up. Wait, wait, even wait, though wait, I wait. enjoy my list. I just wanted to put that out there. But if I had to compare both oh, okay, lists, because you. <laughs> you guys did choose the same artist minus one person. Well, the Migos and Rick Ross was the difference in the the list. Gosh. So, if I had to choose between the Migos and Rick Ross, sorry, Teddy Bear. I gotta go win the swords list. What the f***? This that pilot right here. Sasha, I gotta talk about my man Kwame Brown. <laughs> got to do it. I got to do it. So Kwame who Brown, he? who is Kwame Brown? So Kwame Brown, matter of fact, I'll let Stephen A tell you. Did LA give up too much to get a guy who has been labeled soft, although he puts up 19 and 9, which only 11 other guys do? Is that a trick question? You tell me. They gave up Kwame Brown. Two first cares? rounders. I could, I could care less. Into his salary for first years. of all, understand something. When you're giving up first round picks, if you are a quality team in play in playoff contention, it really doesn't mean that much. That's number one. Number two, and more importantly, Kwame Brown is gone. The city of Angels, Hollywood, just should be celebrated. Throw a parade already, whether you win a championship or not. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. No disrespect whatsoever, but I'm sorry to call tell everybody the truth. The man cannot play the game of basketball. He has small hands. He can't catch the ball. He's got bad feet. He can't really move, even though he's mobile. Doesn't really know what he's doing. Doesn't have a post move that he, he puts to memory that he can do two times in a row. He has no game whatsoever. Plays no defense. Doesn't have the heart, the passion, or anything that comes with it. And you're asking me whether this, oh, they hey. gave up too much? Please. The Los Angeles Lakers knew exactly what they were doing. They should be celebrating right now. And Kobe Bryant should not be saying a word. His in case Stephen A. Smith didn't remind you or he didn't say it at all, handpicked by the GOAT himself, Michael Jordan, first round draft pick in 2001 out of high school in Georgia, where he was Mr. Georgia in basketball, averaged 20 points a game. Like, how did wow. that happen? I mean, when you're seven foot tall, you know, you, you can't teach height. Let's just be for real. But anyway, what set Kwame Brown off? So, Kwame's social media resurgence was sparked by recent episodes of the All the Smoke podcast that's hosted by two NBA players, Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. All right. Now, here's the thing about that. Matt Barnes, or what Kwame Brown called him, Becky with the good hair, which is hilarious. That's hilarious. Let's just be honest. That's funny as hell. 
it's definitely funny. <laughs> and Stephen Jackson, who he tried to call out saying, yeah, you know what I'm saying? You over here trying to be a trying to be an old head gangster over here looking like dark skinned juvenile. And, you know, you over here flying strippers back and forth in, in the plane. And, you know, Stephen Jackson, he a, he's an IG live type of dude. He get on hot IG live like, yo, man, I did that. And going back and forth, everybody know. Like, I mean, I don't understand why millionaires think that they can like humble other millionaires. Like these are other people with money. You think they care? No, they don't care. I, I saw you cheating on your wife. And? Okay. <laughs> what? Excuse me? Today's Wednesday. What are we doing here? Like, get out of my face. But anyway, no, it's like, why is this man in his feelings about the jokes that they made when, uh, so basically, Gilbert Arenas, Stephen Jackson, Matt Barnes, they, you know, they, they host this, uh, they host the All the Smoke podcast. Not Gilbert Arenas, but he was there. And he was okay. talking to Jeannie, Jeannie Buss, who is the owner of the Lakers. And they called Kwame Brown a show pony whose confidence was crushed by Michael Jordan's tough treatment when he played for the Wizards from 2001 to 2005. Okay. And I mean, look, the man had a 12-year career, made $65 million. Okay, fine. You, you may be known as one of the three biggest busts in NBA history. But again, you made $65 million. If, if you wasn't going to invest in any of that money on, you know, coaches that could help you personally and you was just there to get the money, it is what it is. It's all good. Like, don't be mad. Like, you can, for instance, I can't change my height, but I can change how it look. So if you make jokes about something that I can't change, I may want to fight you. Like, bro, you can change being a bad basketball player. So if you wasn't going to change that, then that's going to be the running gag for the rest of your life. But it's all good. You don't like, I mean, like you got laughed at on the way to the bank. Like, what, it's, it's okay. It's okay. You feel me on this? Do you agree with me on anything I'm just said right here, or you, or I'm like I'm I'm, I'm wilding right now? Um, I actually disagree. Okay, on okay. this because I feel bad for him. You know, you have these kids coming straight out of high school and they're going into the league, and these kids expect that they're going to be superstars, and it doesn't happen the way that they think that they it's expected to happen. So if we go post Kobe, we have Kobe Bryant that came out of high school, right? Um, Dwight Howard, and then what, LeBron James. Who after that really got drafted out of high school who is really an, an, a successful player? Um, you know, these kids don't have the education and they don't know how to be successful, you know, because they don't have the training from college. So even though he got all this money, I feel bad because he was a kid. How, how, I'm not saying you can't feel bad for the person. I feel you on that, on a mental health. I get you on that. I definitely yeah. understand that. But again, $65 million, you can, you can I mean, buy yeah, it. It's a lot. An in-flight therapist, like no problems. <laughs> you know true. what I'm saying? Like you can, you can buy an in-flight therapist, an in-hotel therapist. Uh, you might as well buy a therapist. Watch, let her or him sit on the bench with you. I mean, but six points per game, that, that it, that's bad. Like, yo, we doing this together. <laughs> I mean, I can make six points. All right, that's the end of this segment. <laughs> <laughs> when the last time you played basketball, Tasha? With my son, like two years, two or three years ago. You used to play ball back in the day, right? Um, freshman in high school. That's the last time I played. Did you break something? No, I just like softball better. Oh, okay, there we go. I just I played basketball because you know. If you are an athlete, just be active. I was a horrible basketball player, but I can make six points. Got it. Thank you for flying the late night flight. The captain has informed me that it's time to get them woofers to bang. New music. I repeat, new music on the fastest rising podcast and podcast entertainment.
Welcome back to The Late Night Flight. I'm Natasha Renee, and this is Netflix and Chill, where we talk about the top movies on Netflix. So, Nasor and I watched a movie together this past past couple of days. We sat and watched a movie together. What? We watched the movie together. What do you mean we sat and watched the movie together? You was not in my presence. Well, no, we were actually laying down and watched the movie together, if you want to get technical. Oh, man, you are going to make it so hard for me to have a podcast next week. <laughs> Why? What are you talking about? What do you mean we laid down together and watched a movie together? What, did we not? Were we not laying and watching a movie? Via the internet. Okay, via Zoom. Okay. I mean, so we just had a Zoom meeting together, basically, and watched a movie. <laughs> So right now, the top movie on Netflix is The Woman in the Window, which is based off a novel written by A.J. Finn. The movie star Amy Adams, Gary Oldman, Wyatt Russell, Fred Hinchiner, and Paperboy. Paperboy, Paperboy. Uh, Gotta get that Paperboy. And Anthony Mackie and Julianne Moore had their little five minutes of fame on this movie also. That's or crazy. five seconds. That is crazy. We're talking about two Academy Award nominees. For like 15 minutes each. What's that about? Literally the whole movie. Um, I feel like Julian Moore had like literally two minutes of the whole movie. She was actually pretty good in the movie. Her role was actually... She, she was. The the little time that she did have on the movie, she was great. Word. But this movie was about an agoraphobic woman living alone in New York who began spying on her new neighbors only to witness a disturbing act of violence. It was an okay movie. I fell asleep a couple of times. You know, you did try to wake me up, but it was just okay to me. I don't know why it is number one. Well, it was number one. Right now it's number two. I could tell you why it was number one. Please tell me why. So check me out. You know me. You know me. So the National Institute of Mental Health estimates 0.8% of American adults are agoraphobic. Okay. So. Okay. 300 million people times 0.08. That is 24 million people. Since there are children here and they're talking about American adults, let's just cut that in half, make it 12. Then I'll be even more fair. Take four, take four million off, make it eight. So let's say eight million people in this country are agoraphobic. Okay. And they were having one hell of a group chat. Okay. Hashtag all in the house that is. Okay. Hashtag. Not going out for this one. You know what I mean? <laughs> hashtag out for what? Or hashtag outside for what? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't understand why agoraphobic people all of a sudden is the most interesting people on Netflix. I didn't know how that go. But I do want to know how I can become a paid agoraphobe. Or actually, I thought about you because you are the introvert of the year. Of the year, though? Of I mean, I am one, but... Not of the year. Of the I think a couple of people got me beat, especially these agoraphobics. That's probably true. That's probably true. But you can get money. You can get money. You can get disability benefits if your agoraphobia results in frequent panic attacks that have resulted in your complete inability to function outside your home. What about that? Can I sit on a stoop, though? No. You Come on. You seen what how Amy Adams was in the movie. She couldn't even, like, she got to her knees when she got to the door. I may want to do open the door. (laughs) (laughs) Are you ready? I am ready. All right. Welcome to Disaster Data 101. I'm Natasha Renee. I'm the soul in the world. Come join this disastrous journey where we talk about our dating horror stories. Wait, wait, hold on. Hold on, Tasha. What? What What happened? What? What are you talking about? I'm about to get there. Give me a second. Whatever. Mm, okay. Real issues. And how we can work through these issues in today's society. And today's episode is, it goes down in the DMs. It goes down in the DMs. We work together. We are working through these issues. We'll I, see. I, I thought we didn't have any issues. I don't know. I feel like we got issues right now. We, we just met again. <laughs> I feel like we got issues. But we just met again anyways 
I don't want to have to make you an episode of Disaster Data 101 now, sir. So let's focus. So today is the episode, it goes down in the DMs, where I'm recapping from season one. I think it was like episode three. True story. My co-host Robin, she was out, totally different city, not near where we lived at. And she was on Instagram posting, dancing. And I come across one of her Insta stories and I see this guy and I go into her DM and I tell her, stay away. Do not talk to him. Yo, so why you over there? Uh, how can I say this? Hating? Yes, let's just use that term. I had, I had, something, right. I had something more even funnier, but, I, but hating is good. Let's just use hating. Why, right. was you, why was you doing that? He was my ex from like three years ago. <gasps> Come and on. And he was crazy. Come and on. And he was crazy, crazy. But you know how your girl's going to take that, though? They're going to be like, she hating. She hating. No, and, and, and I'm so happy you said that because when her and I um, got together, I even told her like, stay away. You don't want to talk to him. He's into some stuff that you're not into. Just keep it moving. She like, what, it's, kinky stuff? What are you talking about, girl? What you talking about? No. I'm a sorry. little hand where it's not supposed to be. But Whoa. anyway, what? let's continue what? to the story. Oh, my goodness. I should have stopped talking to him when he told me that him and his ex were together. They were at a restaurant and his ex left him in the restaurant by himself. She said she was going to the bathroom and never came back. Mm. I know that may not sound crazy, but my experience was, and I should have stopped talking to him after that. I was on a cruise and I went on a cruise in August. Yeah. Mm. And he was following my cruise ship online. Okay. How, okay. Explain to the audience and me, how does one do that? How do they follow you know, online while you're all on the cruise? I know, how does that work? I don't know how it works. He has your link. All, you gave him your all, link tree? You gave him your link tree? I didn't give him my itinerary anything. I gave him nothing. I just started talking to him that July. You gave him my, your StreamYard account. That's your, That's what you I did. I did not give him anything. All I know is H, I was in Mexico. HD stream me. HD stream no. me. Again, all I know is I was in Mexico. I get to the beach. I get some Wi-Fi finally. And then I get a message that said it was up for 20 minutes. And it says, hey, I hope you're enjoying Mexico. I see that your next stop is blah, blah, blah. And I'm looking like, what? Oh, my goodness. And yeah. So he went online and started following the ship in each stop and where we were. You know how to pick them. That's all I can tell you. It's you not know me. How to pick them? It's not you. It's me. Oh no! It sound like you again. No, it wasn't me. Sound like more you. You know how nah. to pick them. You nah, it wasn't know me. How to pick them? But but I get on that. You know the topic of DMs and everything. Him and I, we actually met at a cookout. Yeah, we talked the whole time that we were there. But instead of him asking for my number face to face, he waited about a week and hit me up in my DMs and Facebook and was like, "Hey, do you remember me from the cookout? I wanted to know if you wanted to hang out this week." And I'm like, "You saw me and you can ask me for my number." And that's when I realized that. Dating has completely changed from when we were in our 20s um, till now. I, I noticed that dating is so quick. Uh, people do online dating. Everything is so different. It's more online dating. I know I actually got you to go on an online site. How did that work? I'm so mad at you about that. What? I am so mad at you about that. What you say? I am upset with you about that. Okay. First of all, I went on Black, the BLK site, all right? Because that, that was a Bernie Mac. Wasn't that Bernie Mac daughter that was on the show? And she's like the face of yeah. it? She plays like the fake, the fake actress on the, on, the, on the app to make you go tap on oh, it? Yes. Okay, very good, very good. So I, I took the pictures of myself like you told me to do, all right? Uh, clothing optional. No, I'm just joking. Of course. Of course I did. I did walk you through. We, we walked through this process together. Yes, yes. You, walk, you walked me through. So I, so I won't get... Uh, yeah, you walked me through. Thank you. So... <laughs> <laughs> and I do it 
And then I wake up in the morning, I get a few messages. I'm like, okay, great. As soon as I open up the inbox, they say, hey, you could be checking out these six women right now. If you pay $8.99 on a premium upgrade, I'm like, oh, this is crazy. It's over. I just took the app, uninstalled it. Don't want it. Don't want it. Same thing with Bundle. I mean, not Bundle. I'm sorry. Bumble. Bumble. <laughs> and that's when the women reach out to the men. I got six messages from women. So did you read them? How could I when they tell me I got to pay $8.99 on an upgrade premium? This is what I'm saying. They both did the same thing. I am not dealing with that. I just want to go outside, go to a dope bar, and meet a couple women. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pilot right here. Welcome back to the Late Night Flight. You are live with your pilot, Nassua Nuru, and I have the good more himself, the greatest relationship disciple who has ever lived. He is the relationship disciple. RD, what's good with you? You hit me on a text. You said, I want to talk about discipline and what goes in. Uh, well, how, how, how do you say that? What goes into a relationship? D- discipline and relationship and what comes with it. There you go. So that's what we're going to talk about. I'm a single person. I don't put much discipline into anything when it comes to a relationship. But when I do want to get in a relationship, I need to know what's the discipline. So talk to us about that. Man, look, it's like this. And, you know, the first thing um, far as the discipline in the relationship, you're going to deal with obedience, right? Because if you're not obedient, you're not going to be attentive to what you really need to do in that relationship. You understand what I'm saying? And it's not like, see, people get butthurt when a male mentions obedience because they start to think of like obedience as a dog. Right. You know what I mean? Or parrot. You know what I mean? So we're not talking about like that. We're talking about the obedience where, you know, we're, we're, we're nurturing each other. We, we're on the same vibe as each other. We're thinking almost like each other because you always still need that yin and that yang yeah. to, 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 to see things grow. That's how things grow, right? So, you know, your obedience in that sense, oh, I know what my mate want. I know what they like. You know, that takes time, but you still want to step into the realm and know, all right, I got to be obedient, which leads to, uh, per- I ain't going to say perfect discipline, mm. but it's going to, it's going to be a, a, a stronghold or, or, those pillars of discipline. You understand what I'm saying? All right. So as a man, could you tell me and other men that's listening, what, like, what are the, these disciplines? Like, can you, could you explain maybe a couple of them to me and to us? I can expound on it. Discipline far as your behavior. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. You should know what to do and what not to do far as, um, putting a, a stain on your relationship. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. You, if you're a female, you don't want to go out here looking like you still, you, you, you choosing, you know what I'm saying? Or you wanting a, another male to look at you and enamor, you know what I mean? So mm. as a female, right? You don't want no other man glancing at you. You don't want to be glancing too much at another man. You understand what I'm saying? That's true. It's just, it's, it's discipline. It's smoke. It seemed like it's big to the ones that don't want to hear that. Know what I mean? Right. But it's it's small, and and we make things complex when they ain't. Know what I mean? Um, as far as a man, he shouldn't be going out there, you know, just uh, uh, flirting with a bunch of women. You okay. Understand what I'm saying? Okay. He shouldn't be if it's not his profession. He shouldn't be dressing with though he's putting using sex appeal around a group of women, to, to be honest with you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll, okay. No, yeah, break that one down a little bit if you could. If it's not his, if it's not his profession, you understand? The, like, what's, you what's like the, to work out. Right, okay. You like to go to the gym, right? Got you, I got you. You like to wear, you know, fitted clothes. That's true. You understand what I'm saying? You know that, that might, <laughs> you know, attract the opposite sex. It has, you yes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, you know, and... It's nothing wrong with that if right. you know you have an understanding with your your partner or your mate. But if you see that the attention is getting overwhelming or it's, it's, it shouldn't be there in those certain certain venues, yeah, that means you gotta you know check yourself, tone it down. You gotta uh, discipline yourself. Just be your own disciplinary mm. at times, you know. So, 
like I said, with the woman, she can't go out. She got all these curves and, you know, hips. It's sundress season. That's right. You know, you can't, you're going to wear a sundress and you're going to wear my snorkel over that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To be honest. But, you know, because women have their own set of beauty. You know what I mean? Yes, and they do. If you don't recognize or understand that a woman is just beautiful in her own way, you know, more than and more more than one way. You understand what I'm saying? Then something wrong with you. But when she's flaunting everything and just showing it and shaking her, well, where you know she got to check herself. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, that's 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 discipline. You understand? It's more things that go with discipline. You know, being loyal, <laughs> trustworthy. You understand what I'm saying? Um, I'm your support. You my support. Discipline is 50-50. Uh. That's straight down the middle. That equals 100, though. See what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? How, how, if you don't mind me asking, R.D., how do you, how do you establish that dis- discipline in your household, if you don't mind me asking? Communication. Okay. You know what I'm saying? If, if you're involved with someone and you're not communicating with them, y'all going to lose. Uh. Y'all already lost. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Y'all just dangling on the string. <laughs> To be honest with you, you know what I'm saying? But you start anything off with communication. Like I said, oh, my girl like purple. Oh, my man like black. I'm not going to go out and go get uh, 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 my girl nothing that's yellow. Right. You know Absolutely. She, she, that purple is her thing. That's her thing. I ain't, I ain't gonna, she ain't going to go get her man something that's blue. He like black. These That come with it. That's It's, it's all... And that's discipline too. Yes. Know what I mean? Because, you know, focus is a part of discipline. Know what I'm saying? And when you you, you focusing on what your your partner or your mate likes and they, and they wants and they needs, that's discipline. Thank you for flying the late night flight. Shout out to all the pilots who contribute to the Fastest Rising podcast. If you want to contribute, DM us at the late night flight. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pilot right here.